0: Okay, we're recording. Um, this is Jeff, and I am with Shelley today. And um, Shelley has been on the Paul Vanderclay, well, Bridges of Meaning. I shouldn't call it Paul Vanderclay; that would upset. That might upset the <laughs> the uh, the Sacramento meetup guys. It is the uh, Bridges of Meaning um, Discord. Uh, and Shelley, you have had a conversation scheduled with Paul Vanderclay before, but that didn't that fell through or something is that am i remembering yeah. that right okay
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah and so like you like you said um it's kind of like a lottery to get a spot there and so you know um yeah you, you said uh you might want to have a a conversation here on the randos united channel maybe you know while you wait for a, a spot to free up to talk to paul maybe i'll do my best paul vanderclay uh conversation impression
1: <laughs> yeah Paul's great, but he's just a guy and we can have good conversations without him, kind of his whole point.
0: We can do our best. <laughs> yeah,
1: we'll, we'll endeavor.
0: <laughs> um, well, do you want to tell uh, just a little about yourself, about your story, um, and maybe we can just go from there?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm from uh, Oklahoma. And I, um, was raised in a non-denominational background. I've always, um, always been a Christian all my life. Um, I went to nursing school for university, uh, but was always really drawn towards missions and drawn toward the idea of, um, going into another culture and learning other languages. And so, uh, after a little bit of work as a nurse, I um, joined up with a Bible translation organization and trained a little bit in Dallas, near-ish you-ish. Uh, and then in Wait, 20... Where in Dallas? Uh, Duncanville.
0: Oh, okay, yeah.
1: I mean, <laughs> ish, you know, I don't know. Uh, it was like the school had a Duncanville address and my house had a Dallas address. We were just mm-hmm. kinda on the line there. Yep. Um, yep. So then in 2012, I went to France to learn French, was there for about 10 months, and then moved to West Africa where I am now in 2013. And um, have been here, I mean, off and on since then, uh, learning a local language to um, help translate the Bible into that local language.
2: Mm.
1: So, um then in 2017, kind of the way I found discord was, um, a friend who's also in this organization told me about this Jordan Peterson guy and honestly the way she presented it, I wasn't like super, you know, interested. She was like, Oh yeah, this Canadian psychologist. And I was like, okay. But then a couple of months later she posted a YouTube video and I was just like totally hooked. So
0: do you remember which one it was?
1: It was um, him on the Rubin Report with Ben Shapiro.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: And the three of them just had like really great conversation and I was already going through all this, like I wasn't ever a super, I mean, I guess in college I got like a little politically minded um, but then like living in France and then living um, in West Africa I don't know the way i can describe it is you know when maybe if you have a job and you're working a job and then you leave that job to go to another job and at your new job things are like way worse and you start thinking about what it was that made your old job so great uh-huh. you know like why why is this so bad and why was that one so good and so i was already going through a lot of these um yeah thought processes of what you know what what my values were and why they were the way they were when he um when he entered the scene for me so it was just kind of an interesting conglomeration of timing there
2: mm-hmm.
1: so then you know the same kind of thing i guess as everybody the the youtube algorithm showed me uh paul Vanderclay and
2: mm-hmm.
1: here i am <laughs> yeah
0: so you found Jordan Peterson through a friend that works in the same line of work that you're doing now through the the Bible translation.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, basically. she's in she. Yeah, she's stateside. She works as a um, as a recruiter. Okay. Actually, I post. Yeah, I posted a podcast that she was interviewed in, and then Catholic versus podcast. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: I saw that, but I didn't get a chance to listen, but apparently the, the host of that podcast has a connection to someone else who's on the Discord, yeah. is that right?
1: Well, I think I think he has a Discord account. I don't know if he's on very often, but... Oh,
2: okay.
1: Yeah, so that was a funny,
2: that was small a funny world. thing. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
0: It's a so. small world until you have to travel from one side of it to the other.
1: That's true. <laughs> That's true. It's a small world until your internet breaks.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah, uh, that is that is actually one of the things that I wanted to um, talk to you about. Uh, I don't know if you wanted to, to say any more or, or talk a little bit more about um, uh, anything else, but I, I did want to get into Jordan Peterson with you, but maybe not necessarily yet. I was just, um, I just wanted to see if there was any more about your your work that you wanted to talk about.
1: Yeah. I do want to kind of spiel about translation for a second, <laughs> because, um, no, I saw on, on the Discord general the other day, they were talking about translation, and um, it kind of bleeds into Jordan Peterson too. Basically, anytime there's a discussion involving you know words or language, I'm like sucked in, <laughs> um, partly just from being a language learner myself. You know, um, I studied Spanish in school and, you know, spoke a little bit, and then went to France and learned French, and then learning an unwritten local language here. Uh, just those experiences. And actually, you know, there's a fair bit of bilingual or trilingual people on the Discord. Mm-hmm. That's actually something I really love is the international um, vibes. And um, yeah, I mean, anyone I think who speaks more than one language can, I think, I hope, relate to this just of uh, you know, in in, some languages, there are special words that aren't in the other languages, mm-hmm. and it kind of, you know, helps you see the world differently. Did you ever watch Arrival? Did you ever watch I that one? I
2: Did
0: yeah, with uh, Amy Adams and yeah, uh, what's his name, Jeremy Renner, yeah,
1: yeah. So I thought that that portrayed it really well—the way she like starts seeing the world differently. She starts seeing time differently, uh, kind of without her. It was like an involuntary thing, mm-hmm. like she didn't necessarily want it maybe if you know it was just completely involuntary because and i thought that was really good because i've always said and that's what i learned when you learn a language you learn a culture
2: mm.
1: and so they kind of go hand in hand i'm not talking about you know your spanish in high school or whatever but when you're immersed in a, immersed in a language you learn how they speak and and how they speak actually reveals like under the iceberg you know what they're actually what their values are and, the, and it comes out and so there are certain words in cognac And French that um, just verbalize things better than English Mm -hmm. like and and so me with my teammates like we kind of we call it Franglish. I'll you know we'll just kind of mix or it's interesting depending on the topic we'll code switch we'll go back and forth depending on you know if I'm if I'm like irritated or ticked off I might go to French just because it's a little bit like you know I'm mad at you, but I want to keep this kind of light. You know, it's interesting. Like language is so interesting. Uh And um, you learn a lot about that just like, so I did a little bit of training in Dallas uh, before coming. I took a sociolinguistics class. And like, so if you, you know, watch married couples who have different mother tongues and and interview them, I mean, all kinds of interesting things come out. Mm. Um, So yeah, in that vein of language, uh i've been thinking about this and it was in a book i read recently about how kind of in the in the in the biblical storyline um you've got all these ethne that are created excuse me you know all these languages all these family groups all these nations created at the tower of babel and they spread around the earth and then you've got the end revelation 7 nine, seven, something, where all the tongues and tribes come back together. Mm. And this book was talking about, um, actually, like, if you believe that God created all these languages, um, then this idea that every people group, every language, every culture has like special things like uh, their own words to like worship God or like represent God or Mm. describe God. Because we, you always, we always say that here. I hear it a lot. Like, Oh, the language is too shallow or like words aren't doing it or words aren't enough, you know? And I think that's going to be the case. And it's the case in each one until the reunification mm. at the end. So that's, um, kind that's of this really cool. big idea.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's
1: such a huge and deep, rich concept
2: mm-hmm.
1: that I love. Yeah. And that's part of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, and yeah, like, so, you know, when Jordan Jordan Peterson has said that before, you know, words matter, but words, you know, words have baggage, even um, you know, here, I don't know who started I don't know if Paul started it or, or maybe it came from something else before I got here, but this whole colonization word. Yeah, you know, I'm colonizing your channel, da-da-da-da-da. That kind of startled <laughs> me as um, you know, someone who's lived in who's living in a <clears throat> post-colonial country, you know. Right. Like, whoa, we're going to use that word, but (laughs) it's cool because you've kind of taken it and like ascribed a different meaning to it, Mm -hmm. Um, which is what we do in translation too. Like we're working with, um, you know, key terms and like, well, how do you talk about the Holy Spirit in Konyanke? Like Mm -hmm. what words are we going to use? Are we going to use this word for ghost that has like the actual ghost meaning that we would think about? And we're going to ascribe it new meaning. Are we going to use this power word? Are we going to use this wind word? You kind of have two options of, yeah, taking an existing word or term and like giving it new meaning, or making your own term that you're going to have to to teach.
0: That sounds like it could be really challenging because one of the thoughts that came to mind, and you know, you can tell me whether or not this is something that happens, but you know, one of the things that I thought of was, um, you know. it it takes getting to learn their culture and how they perceive the world first and just see if there are any concepts that are parallel initially yep. where you can maybe save yep. some time, you know, you do yep. some, you do some some uh, Some work like some investment of okay we we really have to spend some time understanding how you know this, mm-hmm. this group of people perceives the world and, and how they see reality and how they express how they perceive reality. And then I have to see if I can even understand that concept before I can then yeah. even try to you know, communicate yeah. this other concept to see if there's even a bridgeable uh, gap, you know, just taking these two concepts or if I have to find something else is like a bridge.
1: That's exactly right. And then sometimes you like do all the right things, you find a word and you know, then you go test it. Maybe it makes it through the testing process, you get it consultant checked, your consultant says, well, ask this question. And then you go back and you find out that, yeah, actually that was not the right term. (laughs) And then you're back to the drawing board. So, which is like, I mean, that's, it's the word of God. So you don't want it to be, yeah, you want to translate it well and right. And that just takes a lot of time and work. Thankfully, like with my language, it's part of a a pretty, pretty large language tree in West Africa. And there are um, lots of other projects that are similar. So I'm like standing on the, and it actually, and thankfully, I'm not the decision maker. I am kind of a liaison between my teammate in America, who is the decision maker. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: He's the one that like knows Greek and Hebrew and is making these hard decisions. I just kind of provide the data that he needs from the field.
0: Mm-hmm. So That's awesome.
2: good. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, it, it can be easy in some ways and hard in others, depending on your personality type. You know, I think if you're a, a ideas person <laughs> and yeah. you're an entrepreneurial type, it's probably pretty difficult, but if you're more like, yeah, I just like getting down and doing what needs to be done, and you know, not yeah. really having to <laughs> come up with the I mean,
1: ideas. I mean, honestly, yeah, it's been harder as I've gotten more and more invested in the work when mm. like we go against what I wanna do, but um, I'm still happy. I mean, like at the end of the day, I trust him, and trust God, and trust the yeah. process, so, yeah.
0: yeah. You gotta let it go at some point and just do your best. Yeah,
1: right, right.
2: Huh. That's fascinating. Yeah.
1: So yeah, on the Discord, they were talking about different English versions, and um, they posted that like Star Wars. Did you see that? It was like a Star Wars chart of the different um, English Bible versions. I
0: didn't see that one.
1: That was a big hit in the trans- Bible translation community, let me tell you. like People are already like super into that, and then people are already like super dorks, so uh-huh. that, was, that was a winner.
0: I'll have to scroll back through and look that up. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Or you can just, yeah, Google Bible translation, Star Wars, and it'll pop up.
0: i have to check it out. That's fun.
1: Yeah. So yeah, the only other thing I was going to say about that was just um, if you liken it to like just the Discord community, I've been thinking about it a lot because I, I yeah, I love the, the um, diversity on the channel as far as like Orthodox and Catholic and atheist and evangelical, I love it. Um, and I'm learning a lot. And you can see like uh, how people view the, the Bible differently.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, just for me thinking about why I chose this work, you know, there are, I'll do a little numbers thing real quick, there are like over 7,000 languages in the world. And there's still about 1800 of them that don't have a Bible project started, the mm-hmm. translation started. So it's not even, um, yeah, I mean, this is a very big picture, but yeah, for me, like true love is, you know, kind of giving somebody the truth that your truth and setting it on the table and letting them decide, you know, whether they're going to pick it up or not.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, I feel like that's what God did us, did, did with us, with Jesus. He put himself into a form we would understand and he, you know, and we get to choose, you know, what we're, <laughs> what we're going to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what everybody in the English-speaking world, has been able to do, mm.
2: uh,
1: and you know, a lot of different language groups. All the all the major language, like high population, have been have been covered, but there's still, yeah. I mean, lots of tiny people groups, especially like in Papua New Guinea and West Africa. That's where it looks linguistically diverse. Those are the most dense areas in the world, and um, so they don't. Yeah, they don't have. I'm not saying, you know, you put the Bible on the table and, you know, automatically everybody's good. I'm not saying that, but they don't have the option of looking at that and deciding what they want to do with it yet. Mm -hmm. Like they don't have the choice yet. Yeah. So
0: does the, does the group that you're working with, um, trying to figure out how to ask this question, like, did they have, um, I mean, I would presume that they had some type of, um, indigenous spiritual spirituality and way of of looking at the world in that way um is it was it um was it one of the big three world religions or did they have something before? yeah i can say
1: that i can say that i'm yeah i can say that uh so yeah it's this is a muslim people group and okay. then um kind of within under the underpinnings of what we'll just it's called like africa african tribal religion just okay. kind of um that's what it's called, African tribal religion, kind of what your, you know, fetishes and sacrifice and and things like that. So it's just, it's kind of a mixture of those two
2: things is what this people group is.
0: Is there, um, has there been anything that you've learned as you've gotten to know the people and know the culture um, that you either found intriguing or surprising about their I just complete. It just completely flew out of my mind. What you called it—the African um, tribal, tribal religion. religion. Yeah. Or have well, you learned um, much about it?
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, like, actually, I don't think that they would agree. That I don't think they would ascribe to that category. They would just say that they're they're Muslim. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would disagree.
0: Did, but, but something existed before the before Islam, Islam, yeah.
1: Yes. African tribal religion. Yeah. right. And, it,
0: yeah. and so, so from their perspective, they wouldn't see remnants of that. It's just considered more of a, of Islamic religion. To it's them?
1: Of, yeah. It's kind of one of those things that's like so deep down in the iceberg and so like close to their core value. It's not yeah. something I mean, it's just kind of like when you would tell a Christian, hey, you're actually super materialistic.
2: They're like,
1: oh, what are you talking? About? You know, there's like, no, it's so like ingrained in our Western culture that we can't really see it. Right. Um, so yeah, that's not like a a daily conversation I hear people bandying about. <laughs> how,
0: how many, I just have some history questions and if you don't know the yeah. answer, that's fine. But um,
1: I'll make one up, no problem.
0: How How long ago, like is it, uh 500 years further back before um uh, had become the the religion now? i
1: think i think it was like four 400 um came um through yeah one one particular pro- tribe that brought it and it was yeah it was by the sword mm-hmm. um and it's just so funny because yeah i've heard like missiological studies done. And it's kind of like, uh, it doesn't, in the end it doesn't really seem to matter like why people started Mm -hmm. it later on. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to matter. Like they're as loyal as those Mm -hmm. who chose. So I was
0: just just curious how far back in their, um, cultural memory, you know, it had gone because that makes Mm -hmm. sense. You know, if it's, (laughs) if it's 400 years, it's probably, nobody remembers, what it was exactly. like before that, and I would presume that there was nothing really written down. I don't know if it was like a: that's
1: the thing, right. You know, they don't have an orthography, they don't have a system of writing, so it is all oral history. yeah um, we're working on it because <laughs> yeah we we're, we're that's I mean that's part of the project is that they can have their own system of writing, they can write down their um their histories, their cultures. They can they can do you know like farming manuals, health manuals, whatever they want because they'll have a written language and a, like a written corpus of work that can be passed from generation gen- to generation. So. And
0: so, am I am I interpreting that right that before you guys arrived with this project, they have not had any type of a written language before?
1: Right. Well, so yeah, I mean, French is the the language of wider communication. Okay. So, okay. like the kids learn French in school. Um, but most like outside of the capital, there's a good bit of illiteracy among women and children. Okay. a Good. bit, And men actually <laughs> at, at farther, the further out you go. And, um, like my teammates signed a, they bought some land in a village about seven kilometers from here. And yeah, I mean, they had to do it officially. They had to get it, you know, Officially done, and every single man I think in the village that signed signed with an X, so mm-hmm. um that wouldn't be the case uh in my neighborhood. my neighborhood's a little bit more educated and wealthy
2: mm-hmm.
1: on the spectrum, I guess, and so yeah, I mean people can can write around me, but uh, the yeah the literacy rate is the literacy rate is pretty low
2: mm-hmm.
1: so.
0: what's their um what is their like do they let's say more out into the the more um rural communities or or maybe even as you get closer to the neighborhood that you're in are they are they more open to um becoming more literate or do they have any preference how how are they responding to the
2: um
1: it's funny because uh yeah the sociolinguistic Situation is pretty interesting because actually a lot of my neighbors are refugees from a neighboring country um, They used to live there and they were Targeted to be killed so they came back here and this is kind of the like the home of their grandparents mm-hmm. And so they ended up kind of just resettling here mm-hmm. And so actually some of them speak a little bit of English even too um and where, where was I going with this? Why was I telling you this? They're open to learning, that's what we're talking about. Okay, so, um, well, first of all, so a lot of them are like not interested in um, war or any kind of like conflict. So they're kind of, it's kind of like ironically, kind of they're like kind of humanist. And I'm like, we're all one, we're all the same, we're all together hmm. uh, on the on the like, religion side, but you're talking about the literacy side. But what I'm trying to say is that a lot of them actually got a uh, refugee status and moved to the West or like their cousins or their uncles or their brother actually live in Europe or Australia or America and have actually received more like support and excitement from the diaspora mm-hmm. um, because they're losing their language. You know, they're, they're not able to teach their kids their, their language and so um and they actually send money back to our neighborhood as kind of like their tithe so my neighbors are kind of dependent on the on them so if they're excited about something then my neighbors are excited about something so it's kind of like approval through via these outside via these um people that live overseas (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. the people who have gone out
0: onto the the fringes of uh you know, I'm getting into Petersonian stuff now. They've kind of gone out to the edge of the non-map territory.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Bring,
0: bringing the gold back to the to the community.
1: Yeah. And there are some people who, like, jump on right away. And then some people, I think, will just take time. Um, some people see see the importance right away. Yeah. It just depends on the person. Hmm.
2: It just depends
1: on the person. Well, and honestly, like, women aren't super interested. Um, I mean, it's very traditional here and, and, and pretty abject poverty. So women are mostly raising kids and chopping down firewood and hauling water and they don't really have the heads. I mean, yeah, a new writing system isn't what is a forefront on their mind.
0: Yeah, not top of the list. Um, yeah, what, are the, what do the men do most of the time?
1: Okay, well, in the village, there's more farming going on. Uh, where I am, it's an interesting situation, just kind of what I just described, in that uh, there's a heavy dependence on people sending money in. So, actually, a lot of men don't do a lot, because their rice is um, paid for by outside forces. Um And, there's not, and there, it's not that they're, like, by character lazy. It's not that at all but there's no work to be had. Mm. So, um, yeah, not a lot. There, The country is trying to start a uh, cashew movement,
2: mm-hmm.
1: planting, planting cashews, and so I think people are trying to get on board with that. What else do the men do? There's, there's some farming, but um, yeah, again, my neighborhood's kind of like a religious, prestigious neighborhood, so most people see farming as beneath them. Mm. Um which, yeah, made it kind of hard for my teammates who came to do like community development through farming methods <laughs> but that's why they bought land in the village, and they they mostly work with villagers. Um, but and that's why it's good for the translation work, because this is kind of the sociolinguistic like hub for this people group, like people from around the world come back here for the holidays and, and stuff, so. Yeah, it, it's working for us in that way. Um yeah, but there's not really there's really not a lot of like work for the men to do. So they don't do much.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Well, is there uh is there anything else uh that you wanted to say about that and in, in your work?
1: No, I think I think that I think that was a good a good coverage of it.
0: All right, good um well i wanted to turn to something else because you've already talked about how you found jordan peterson and how you got to paul Vanderclay. um i know that you've mentioned this before on the discord um you're probably like what's he gonna say
1: (laughs) i know i'm like what's it gonna be
0: um well i was recently listening to i haven't finished it yet but there was an interview between a scholar named james k.a smith and rebel wisdom and he, I can't even remember what all he does. I know he's an author. I know he's a, an intellectual. He's an academic. And um, uh, David Fuller on Rebel Wisdom asked him a little bit about what he thought about Jordan Peterson. And um, you know, he didn't seem like super warm to Jordan Peterson. I mean, he wasn't throwing him under the bus or anything. But um, one of the things that he mentioned was um, he wished that Peterson's message was a little less gendered. Um, or you know and i I think that's the wording that he used and i think i interpreted that as either less aimed towards men or else fashioned maybe it was more fashioned in a way that seems to draw more men than it does women uh at least you know it seems to be that way now peterson has said you know well most people find out about me through youtube and that's more of a male you know environment anyway so it might be just a Mm -hmm a selection bias but um i i think that you have said at least something similar if if you haven't exactly said that it seems like yeah. uh i wanted to see if if i remember right that you have more of an idea or you're interested in maybe making peterson's yeah more yeah more
1: maybe uh, maybe james ka smith's my writer guy maybe, maybe that's so. who i need to connect with <laughs> But maybe
0: more geared toward a, a message that, that could attract more of a, of the okay. female mind, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, uh, yes, I agree with Mr. James K.A. Smith on this, because <laughs> you, did you, you heard my thing with Annemiek, right, or?
0: I did, you? I'm trying, okay. I can't remember, because well, I, I did it. hear you talk to Annemiek, and I did hear you talk to uh, Carlos as well. Those are two completely different topics of discussion. <laughs>
1: right? Um, (laughs) But they were both super fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, well with Annemiek, I was saying that I was saying I think Peterson should either find a woman to give her permission to um, present his material in a woman-friendly geared way or like hire an author to kind of rewrite rearrange the material in 12 rules for life uh in a more female friendly manner because like i don't fault the guy like i think he's amazing but not everybody can be everything to everyone Mm. and i think he's done great with men and to like a certain contingent of women you know Mm. but not all women and um that's okay i just think like his information would be super beneficial for, for women too. I, I especially think of, of young girls and like, it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Peterson's message is tough love and, and that's good for, that's good for men. Tough love isn't, women don't usually need tough love. <laughs>
0: <What>? <laughs> we need it. A- Why that? so this was part of, I had a two part question. You started answering part of it there. Um, but what is it, what is it about, you know, I think you, I think you're getting a little bit into what it is about his message um, that maybe is, um, you know, not, doesn't penetrate for women. Um, what is it that you think uh, it is about you where that wasn't like a, a stumbling block for you?
1: Um well yeah i think i mentioned this in my conversation with job what what really got me to peterson in the first place was his head on um teaching or handling of suffering in life Mm -hmm. uh that's that's what job and i talked about i feel like the the west and the western church we don't we don't do great with suffering Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and peterson was just like look it's gonna happen you can deal with it or you can be messed up by it. Like those are your options. You get to decide. And it's just kind of an empowering message.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, um, and so women need to hear that too. Um, but in a softer way. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe the pro-, pro actually, probably part of the reason that that I, I could accept it was like, I don't know i'm a single woman living overseas like i do a lot of like male roles things that my wife friend my friends who have husbands their husbands do mm-hmm. i mean all kinds of little things big things i'm you know i employ people I, I have to make kind of like male decisions i mean you know i came out of a complementarian um denomination so like i'm i'm pretty gender-based like i'm down with traditional roles within a marriage but when you're not married, it's, it's a little hazier. So like, that might be part of it. That might be part of it was, is, was why I could, I could roll with Jordan Peterson's presentation easier.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I mean, I think there's a lot of women, I think there's a lot of women, like the women on the discord, it would be an interesting kind of like survey or something to see what, mm-hmm. what, what, what they would say, you know, you and have we'll, some, we'll
0: Ask all four of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, here's the thing about the Discord, too, is like sometimes by names, I can't actually tell what gender someone is. That's true. Someone is. That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, so if there are women that are lurking, I would wish that they would be more active.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: um So I, but I do think that's maybe one reason why the suffering thing and the just kind of like the mindset I had to, I have to jump into as, um, I don't know a single woman living here like that that's probably part, probably part of it too
0: do you think um as far as either softening i think is what you said or or altering or in some way you know filtering filtering is probably a bad way of saying it but just adjusting peterson's message um for women do you think do you think it would it would need even a, a further delineation uh depending on the the type of audience like you had mentioned that you're you're more you know you can you can be on board or you're not all of that opposed to the idea of like gender roles but do you think that peterson it could be um do you think that he would need to be uh altered his message in such a way to be catered one toward a type of you know um person who is more you know i don't like that the more uh what's the what's the U e word for it um egalitarian Uh, egalitarian. versus yeah yeah, complementarian and i know these are these are probably more christiany type words, but just you know people who think that there are such things uh, and that that there is uh, value in gender-based roles versus those who don't you know see the world that way do you think peterson would work with one and not work with the other or Mm -hmm. work with both
1: I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I think Anna Meek made this point. And I think it's a really good one. Women are very intuitive. And I think that's part of, part of the difference between women and men like Peterson told men a lot of things that I think once they started doing them, they saw that they were correct, but it wasn't as intuitive and as like deeply rooted as like, I mean, women are, we're more wired to like want good relationships, want a monogamous, steady, stable relationship. You know, like that's not something that we need to be told we should do. Like that's already there. It's more Peterson telling us how to like, you know, pick well, choose well, communicate well, stick stick through the bad stuff well. Like it's more that that we, that I think women um, would benefit from. Mm. So, um, that doesn't answer your question at all. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think you'd have to hook women, just like, I mean, men, you know, there was that scandal and like, you know, a lot of people said, you know, I came for the scandal and I stayed for the content Mm -hmm. and I meant to sound to me too. You'd have to like show women why they need to watch this. Video and also and also the video would need to be shorter
2: because
1: mm-hmm. um, <laughs> girls just I don't know women I think I mean I I hypothesize we just like with our free time we do other things than watch um, YouTube you know and, and that's kind of been proven so they have to be shorter clips I'd say. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, I didn't mean to interrupt because I I don't want to interrupt your flow, but it just reminded me that Paul Vanderclay has had the observation, you know, that women read and that men either watch videos or listen to Mm -hmm. podcasts.
1: Yeah, yeah. I read a thing because I kind of like want to write someday. So I read um, writing fiction for dummies. And uh, that was like one chapter. It was like women make up 80% of the book market in America or something crazy like that. And, um, you know, all those self-help books, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Mm -hmm. Um, basically any kind of relational self-help book is going to fly off the shelves. Women might not like be proud of it or like talk about it openly or whatever, but those things are going to sell. And so if. I'm not opposed to this is kind of a like a translation principle like the diffusion part of the translation process you find out what your audience is attracted to you find out what your audience is going for and you know so like here when we come out with a Bible it is going to be a blue or green or purple cover because that's what a holy book is that's what a holy book looks like
2: mm-hmm.
1: so if you if you want to get Peterson into the hands of as many young women as possible I guess I go for young women because they're still like formulative years. They're still making those like important decisions, but I guess it could be older women too. Um, yeah, look at what they're buying. Like I'm not opposed to like some kind of, it could even be in magazines like, you know, teen magazines or whatever, but I don't know <laughs> if magazines would accept that content. I don't know. Do you, uh,
0: that, do you think that Peterson's message, um, is more important for, uh, a man versus a woman? Or do you think that it's a, uh, it's a message just important no matter, you know, what kind of person you
2: are.
1: I mean, I'm definitely glad he started with men. Um, what I sense from the discord, which maybe this isn't like an accurate snapshot of real life, but it's kind of reminded me now of like, you know, how like China had that one child policy for years and now they've got this massive like man to woman imbalance ratio. And so I feel like there's going to be all these guys who are like getting it together and doing what Peterson told them to do. And they're going to look around and be like, okay, now where's the girl that like isn't crazy, you know, or isn't, isn't a heartbeat or whatever. And, um, (laughs) it might be harder to find them if like women don't jump on board some of these messages as well.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, Mm -hmm. you're frozen, but I don't know if I'm frozen to you. Can am I hear moving?
0: Me? <laughs> you froze for right after you said that you froze. Okay, you're back.
1: Okay, hi. <laughs> so I I think I am glad that he started with men, but I think it's also important that um women here too.
0: Do you so I get the impression that he just had a message out there and men start yeah. paying attention, right?
1: yes yes i don't think he ever well i mean i don't know i have not watched every single thing he's done i've watched a lot but i don't think he was ever like i'm out for the men you know
0: right like he's even he's even been challenged on that too and he said initially he was saying no i'm not like focusing my message toward men um and he said women can benefit from my message too and then i think he changed his tune a little bit because either he started talking to somebody i could be remembering it wrong but he started really thinking about it and he said you know a lot of the men in the West are really in desperate need of the message that I'm giving and if it is all men that come to see me that's great because you know what men live with and impact women and so if they are getting better this you know by either indirectly indirectly is going to help um, the women that they are in relationships with and that they interact with as well um, so I just remembered that but
1: yeah um, yeah yeah I mean, I think of the two genders, it makes more sense. Well, one because he's a man, like I'm not gonna i so he he kind of has that, even though he's a psychologist, he's been practicing for 30 years, da 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 da. but number one, that number two, yeah, I mean, I do agree. I think like if women see like a stable, dependable guy, I think their like intuition will actually override. The nonsense that they were taught at university, you know, in, in high school and university or whatever, that you don't need a man until you're, you know, totally career satisfied and you're 35, you know, whatever. I think I think that our intuition would override. I think.
2: Yeah. I don't know. <laughs>
1: um,
0: this this is just like percolating in my head. I'm not really sure what the question is. Um, but if you have any thoughts about this, you know, I'd be interested in what they are. Um, you know, particularly in the West, particularly in, um, I guess more affluent, um, well, affluent Western cultures where, you know, after, uh, people go to their normal, you know, grade school and, and high school, and then they go off to university. Um, a lot of the message both for, um, men, I think for generations now but also for women is kind of on the heels of what you were talking about there where it's just like you know go and and find your career and find you know a vocation and um, I can certainly see the the benefits in that right it's like you Mm -hmm. you need to be in a position where you know one way one way of looking at life is you need to be in a position where you can uh, support yourself and care for yourself because particularly in in Western societies, you know, it's not there's not a lot of communal type uh You know that that's really been fractured the idea of you have this little tribe or you have this village You know, it continues to yeah. to spread out and to fracture to where we're all very individuated at this point and mm-hmm. From a woman perspective a woman's perspective at least as, as I'm thinking about it um you know, more traditional and going further back in time where it was more tribal and it was more communal, you know, uh it was there was I, I don't know if I'm gonna say this the right way, but it seems like maybe there was less of a need. Um what's the right way to say it? There's there was Well, maybe for women in in general, it seemed like the way that society was set up, there was less of a need for a woman to have to go and find a way to fend for herself because the whole society and the whole structure was built to make sure that um, she could be provided for, right? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And and maybe now with with changes in society and with, you know, just the way that um, society has, um, well, I said changed. I'll continue to use that word. Uh, you know, there there is more of a need for a woman to be able to find ways to be able to um, provide for herself, um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: make her own living, to be self-sustainable, yeah. and. Uh, it seems like part of Peterson's message is if that is all that we are telling women that we are robbing them of something potentially that, you know, they can't get back. And, and there are some women and what, what I'm, you know, what I'm talking around is the ability to, to have children, um, to, to, to care, to, to care for children. And, you know, this is something that, you know, we've, we've talked about, or that is talked about a lot. that men, men can do this as well. well obviously men can't birth uh, babies, at least bi- what we're calling biological, uh, the, the biological right, yeah. reality of of a person that can carry a child. There's only one type of person that can do that, right? Huh, and, yeah. You know, anyway, I, I'm kind of rambling here, but the, the point that I'm making is Peterson, His part of his message seems to lean more in what would be called a traditional direction of, you know, one of it seems like one of his messages specifically to women is hey don't be so quick to just completely throw that away even if you feel like it's not something that yeah. um you want right now or that you that you would even want you know that right. seems to be kind of a standard idea that's that is in western society of it it's not important for you to want to ever be a mother and you know peterson at least in his own life I know that's one of the things that he has said he told his daughter is you know I don't want you to throw away the idea of becoming a mother I think that's a very important thing and a very important thing for you to be able to experience so I was just curious you know what your thoughts are are on that no I, that I was just doing. I agree because
1: well if it is tilted in that direction I think it's because western society is tilted in the other direction and he's trying to bring a balance mm. i mean i think yeah i mean again i think true love or true empowerment we can use in the sense is setting the whole truth on the table mm. and letting somebody pick it up or set it down and and what westerns what what we're getting a lot out of the media and, and even from like schools and like maybe even parents to a degree is
2: mm-hmm.
1: is one-sided it's like go pursue your dreams because you can be anything yeah And we're leaving out that other part of, yeah, you, Hey, you could also be a mom. And if you want to, you could stay home with your kids. Mm -hmm. And, and this option a of motherhood is, has a like expiration date on it. Mm -hmm. So just keep that in mind. Like, you know, I'm not saying, you know, tell your daughter, she needs barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. I'm just (laughs) saying like, put the whole truth on the table and let her pick and also realizing, um, You know, what you want when you're 22 and what you want when you're 32 are probably going to be different. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't feel like that's a sexist message. I don't feel like that's like an oppressive message to tell women. I feel like that's just putting the whole message on the table and letting them sift through themselves.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, maybe that's more of what you were saying before is to to soften the message of Peterson a little bit because I think, you know, in, in ways he can say that message and it could come across as very hard and, and turn, mm-hmm. you know, some women off to wanting to even hear it at all or to see him as, um, you know, somebody who who is sexist. And um, so, yeah, maybe maybe a softening of that message exactly how you put it right there, which is I just I just want to throw this out there for you you know and and yeah more like yeah
1: couched in in questions women i mean so what is it that you really want i i know what your i know what your professors are telling you at school what is it that you deep down really want i want Mm -hmm. you to think about what you want your life to look like in seven years how do you think you're going to get there just questions like leading questions women do better with that we're going to go home we're going to think about it because our intuition is going to push us yeah we don't need to be yelled at and like told you know what all the things. Right. I, I feel like less women need to be told to clean their room. We la- I mean,
0: <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's difficult too, you know, because sometimes you have, um, you have certain biases of the way that you think the world should be, you know, and there are, there are people who see the world in such a way where they think, well, yeah, we, we do need to empower women and what they mean behind that is empower women to go off and lead their own lives and they don't need, you know, a man to support them or to to be there for them. They can it's it's okay to be single and to pursue your career and and never mm-hmm. have motherhood. And you know, I I I don't disagree with that. I think that is an option for uh people who want that. And mm-hmm. um you know, it's it's interesting because it's for me at least, I, I'm undecided on it. It's, it's hard to say which one is better than the other, right? I, I see both sides of, we've talked about Enneagram, I see all sides.
2: Yeah, <laughs> um, right
1: here with you, my friend. Except yeah. that I'm a woman and, um. <laughs> yeah, well, as evidenced on the Discord, like women, the meaning crisis. I think the meaning crisis looks different with women. Maybe some women would disagree with me. Feel free to call me on the comments section. But, <laughs> um, and also, I think. I mean, like, I'll. I won't. I won't share too much. But I'm like, I'm 32. I have like the most meaningful job, I could wish for. And yeah, the idea of not being a mom is a heavier thing than I expected it to be, and mm. felt it. Mm. seven years ago or whatever yeah. so I mean I guess just within my own life um, I feel like you know Jordan Peterson's message rings true and it's kind of hard to get get past that and say well maybe it's different for other women maybe it is but I I will say that but I don't believe that at
2: all mm. <laughs> so
0: yeah one of the things you know in in my experience um, Whenever I was, whenever I was younger, before I was married, before I had kids, you know, I didn't really have any kind of desire or a want for kids. Um, but there also wasn't a, oh no, kids would just get in the way of of um, what I want to do in my life. And part of that is because you know I'm I'm a pretty low ambition person. I never really had a, a vision for this is what I want to do with my life, and I have to make sure that you know I. I do this, this, and this, and I'm I'm going to sacrifice these things so that I can make sure and get that. I'm more of a go with the flow kind of let life come <laughs> to me and, and whatever arrives. And and in that, so there was, there was never a, I really want to be a dad someday, you know? Um, but when I became a dad, I just, there was, I cannot express, I could not, um, I, I never knew how much, you know, I, I could have loved it, you know i never I never knew what that that kind of love for someone else uh existed you know and it's it's different mm-hmm. the flavor of it is different than like a a romantic type love or the love of a of a spouse um, it's not yeah. better uh but it's different you know and and i I never would have known uh what that would be like until I experienced it, and so you know i'm always I'm always reticent to tell somebody, um, I'm always reticent to tell anyone something one way or the other, you know, that, oh yeah, this is the way that it needs to be, but I'm certainly reticent, uh, or maybe I just, um, maybe I'm just a little, uh eh, that just makes me, that makes me wonder for that person when they say, yeah, I, I'm certain, I just never wanna be a parent. Um, I don't ever yeah. have any kids. It's just like, yeah, I just,
1: you're twenty six so <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, for sure, well, and maybe that's another thing, like presenting some facts and figures in like your book or whatever you're going to give to the women of
2: mm-hmm.
1: um doing some surveys and you know doing some kind of you know just presenting that information to to women, women, take into account what other women have said, yeah. That
0: would yeah. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if there's just a concern out there that, well, if you share that information, you know, less women are gonna go and pursue the uh empowered woman narrative where they're off on their own and they're they're doing their own thing and 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 you know, there there is there is a, a case that's made out there that we need more of that. There's not enough of that out there in the world as the as Western society changes more and more into into what it is. And like I was saying before, you know, there are people who are pushing for for more of that to happen. And there are people kind of on the other side of the spectrum that are like, well, we're losing more and more women to more, uh, you know, traditional roles or or finding meaning in um, raising a family and, and pouring themselves into the family rather than chasing a career or, the even more difficult task of trying to balance the two things. Um, And so I I guess I don't really know what I'm trying to say here, but it seems like there are are two competing sides that want to push for one more than the other. And they have like various reasons, you know, there, there are some more traditional people who I think feel like, well, our society is going to fall apart if we don't push more for this, you know, traditional roles for women. And you have this other piece of society, this other group, that says, well, no, we need to continue to, to liberate women from this one way of, of living. Uh-oh, I lost you for a second. Hey. Oh, there you are, you're back.
2: Sorry,
1: uh, I, um, the last thing I heard was, well, women leaving the workforce.
0: Uh-oh, you're frozen again. <laughs>
2: where were
1: we
0: before I we I don't know where we were okay so we're I've unpaused the recording because we had a little some technical issues there but um I had been talking for a long time and then you froze so I don't know how much you heard of what I said but to try to sum up what I was saying okay. I think what I was trying to say is um, I think there there are there are more than two but there are certainly two different ways of viewing um let's say Women in society, uh, in general, <laughs> and one is you know the more traditional mode, and one is the more um, we'll say progressive or non-traditional or liberal mode. Uh, and and I think I think a fair-minded approach to either of these two perspectives is both are trying to make society good or make society better in some way. And I think what I understand you saying and what I agree with. Um, is that you You put the pros and cons of both of these two perspectives out there and just let people freely choose which one, you know, fits best for them. Yeah. And that, that's, that's a completely, there are some completely different aspects of even looking at things that way uh, that have their pros and cons. But just generally speaking, I, I hear that that's what you're saying and I, I think that I, I agree with that um, for the most part.
1: Yeah. I'd agree too. Um, because yeah, I feel like what we're seeing now is just this automatic assumption that an empowered woman, well, no, that's not true because I think, like I said, I think true empowerment comes with choice. Yeah. So yeah, an empowered woman would be the, be the woman who's been given a choice, given the you know full data in order to make the choice and gets to make the choice. So, I'd agree with that.
0: Yeah. Um, just thinking of something else and it flew out of my brain. <laughs> well, it's um, it's getting late for you, isn't it?
1: Uh, I mean, yeah, we're up to 10 o'clock here. I did drink coffee, but yeah, we're coming up on the hour mark. I know people like to keep these things in an hour. so.
0: Yeah. I mean, we don't have to, but I know you've been up for a really long time because...
1: No, before... I actually slept. Oh, okay. <laughs> I slept. I slept in between there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. I was worried that (laughs) whenever I was talking to you on the Discord before uh, I went to bed last night that you've been up ever since then.
1: (laughs) No, I slept a bit. I slept a bit. All right. Um, Well, I think
0: that that's everything that I wanted to get to. I mean, I had Enneagram on here as a fallback if we wanted to talk about that, too.
1: (laughs) I need to reread. I need to reread before I can, yeah, in any way sound knowledgeable, except that uh i mean like i told you on the chat when you said you were nine i'm like the one person on this discord that i could have guessed was you <laughs> being a nine <laughs> and Ooh.
2: a whole bunch of eights <laughs> yeah
0: that's the uh i don't know that's the one that resonates with me the most i mm-hmm. i have uh said I'm, we're talking about things that people probably have no clue about enneagram yeah, is a personality fun. typing system i'm not going to get into all of it right now you uh, can google it, yeah, and research sorry. it. <laughs>
2: That's true.
0: All right. Well, yeah, I'll let, I'll let you wind down and take care of what you need to take care of before you're you're done for the night over there. But um All
1: right. Well it's been good.
0: Yeah. It's good talking to you and I'll see you around on the Discord. And if anybody's watching yeah. this that's just a Discord only person, I I don't I don't put out the invites, you know. Um I know Job has put out invitations to talk to him on Discord, you know, I'd like to put out the invite um if you if you want to talk about something or if you just want to share your story or you want to explore some things, you know, um just let me know. Uh we're that's what this channel is here for, so feel free.
2: Yeah.
1: All
0: right, Shelly, well, take care. All right. Get some Thanks. rest. Have a have a good Sunday.
1: Thank you. Bye. Bye.